All right, so here we are. We're uh, podcast number one. Uh, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> we're calling this the nonprofit podcast. And uh, at least my idea with it was that we have these conversations all the time anyway. Yep. Uh, many times, many events, many years, many films, we always have these conversations. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it would be important to share these conversations with other people that do what we do and work in the space that we work in. So, I agree. So uh, my guest today is the wonderful Shannon Durio. Uh, Shannon, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Um, I am the managing director right now at Prison Performing Arts. It is a, um, a small local nonprofit here in St. Louis that um, goes into Missouri State Prisons and works with incarcerated artists and um, does productions, um, teaching these individuals empathy and self-confidence and um, vulnerability and all of um, these life skills that are going to be really helpful once they come out. And so they perform these shows in prison. Um, the public comes out and watches it, and uh, it's pretty neat. So I'm newly in this role of managing director. So. And how did you find out about this nonprofit? I attended my first um, prison performing arts show um, almost two years ago when I was working for another reentry organization here in St. Louis, and um, they invited us to come out and see a show. So we took a big bus of staff and volunteers down there, and my life has never been the same since. I, <laughs> you know, I come from a family of law enforcement, um, and so I had um, a, a different perspective of individuals involved with the criminal justice system. And so when I went into the prison and actually saw the humanity of the people um, who were, you know, produce or performing these shows um, and their authenticity and their vulnerability and their just their craft, they're outstanding actors as well because they put so much emotion into it. Um, I was just floored and uh, I've attended so many shows since and then um, when the opportunity came along for me to step into a staff role, there's I'm one of three full-time staff there, um, I, I couldn't walk away from it. So. Wow. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about, uh, yeah. about the organization. Yep. Get you Such out to the show. Such a clever, creative way to, you know, have this outlet for folks that, that need that. Yeah. You know? And Shakespeare in prison, who, you know, it's not something that rolls off the tongue really easily, but I think it's a, a really unique niche that um, is having a positive impact. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to, to, to learn about that. Uh, so have you always worked with nonprofit organizations? I would say 98% of my career has been within nonprofit organizations. Um, a few times I tried to escape and go work um, in the corporate sector and quickly found that that's not my calling or where my passion <laughs> or my skill set lies. So I have been, um, I've worked for large national nonprofits and small local ones, but this is definitely where um, I'm supposed to be. So, Did you always know that that was, I mean, is that something that happened over time? Like did you, when you came out of college, did you have a different trajectory and then you found yourself in a nonprofit or? Oh, I had big plans to be um, a corporate PR person. <laughs> I wanted to wear my high heels, go walking down the hall and hear the click, 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 you know, like I'm on some kind of power uh, mission. Um, and I started volunteering for the American Cancer Society and quickly fell in love um, as a volunteer and then uh, moved into a, a role with them. And there was really no looking back. I still wear heels every day, so it's like the piece I'm hanging on to of my uh, my corporate dream. But um, I, I've always known that this is kind of where I grew up in the church. I'm a pastor's kid, so 
I served most of my youth, you know, and so helping people is really what gets me jazzed and um, when I think I was put on the earth to do, so. Yeah, it's funny, we've always talked about um, people that kind of do what we do and work in this space have stories like that, but then what we want to talk about today is really kind of the reality of that, mm -hmm. you know, that we, we go into these um, organizations and places and we have our ideas of how we want to like lead and market and then there's the reality of what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not easy working with nonprofit organizations. And would you agree with that? I absolutely would agree with that. And I think people, um, they, nonprofit, like you're not making a lot of money and that's the one thing that people think is the hardest part about working for a nonprofit. But that's not it. There's just, a, when you put your entire heart into something, um, into serving people, there's compassion fatigue. There's trying to, when you're trying to advocate for marginalized populations, people, um, don't always understand why they should give their hard-earned money to support, you know, people who may have made decisions that are different from them. So um, the money, you know, of course, is a piece of it, but that's not the hardest part, I think, about working in nonprofit. Yeah, for me, I think the hardest part is always just like, um, it's really more the operational side of things, mm -hmm. you know, and the marketing side of things. And you know this well, oftentimes it seems like some of the things that are really probably the most important, that kind of outward um, ability to market and tell your story is so overlooked. Mm -hmm. um, and people will oftentimes say to us, wow, you know, I like what you're doing, making these films for schools and nonprofits, but how are you making a living? You know, are you making a living? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm like, yes, yes I am. We're coming up with very creative ways to help nonprofits um, tell their story better. Mm -hmm. But as you know, it seems like a lot of times people just don't value that part of it sometimes. I think they get kind of like caught up with, um, with many, many things that they have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And I think telling the story of the nonprofit kind of gets overlooked sometimes. Do you think that's true? Oh, absolutely. And in nonprofits, first of all, there's usually um, skeleton staff trying to do so many different true. things and wearing so many hats that um, just to make the programs function and to serve you know, the direct service aspect of it and to sometimes you have one person doing HR and finance and all of these operations pieces and um, so marketing that's just a fluff you know telling the story we'll worry about that whenever we have more money or whenever we have um, whatever but that's not the priority the priority is just keeping the organization running and like you said they're missing at, like if you can't tell your story to the community then you're never going to get that money or grow as an organization so well, we always talk about uh, the word we use is digital, or words we use is digital legitimacy, mm -hmm. or a digital footprint, or uh, a digital street credit. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of times people are like, well, what does that mean, you know? And it's that idea of making sure that, um, and I think this crosses beyond <clears throat> nonprofits, uh, whether you're a school or a small business or whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to push forward into the world, um, for better or worse, people are gonna look for you first on social media and Absolutely. for your website. Yep. I mean, I just have been doing that this week. We're trying to get a roof fixed at our house. So I'm looking at people's websites. I'm looking for legitimacy. I'm looking for right. a story. I'm looking for maybe a, a, a mom and pop business, a father and son, a father, daughter, mother, daughter. I'm looking for like legitimacy right. in that digital realm. Mm -hmm. And it's very commonsensical because we always do this, right? We mm -hmm. do this with products and stores and services. And I just try and get my nonprofit clients to realize that as well like we want to make sure that you are as legitimate as possible digitally right 
when people go to visit you online. Right, that you're accessible and your mission is accessible to people, right. Mm -hmm. And in an engaging way that, that seems thoughtful. Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel like that's the thing is we do so many thoughtful things with our nonprofit organizations. Why not be as thoughtful with how we kind of curate or create content? Right. You know. No, I completely agree. So if you, um, if you were to describe what's the easiest part of working with nonprofit organizations, what would be some way to, to explain that? versus just the hard part of, of? I think the easy is just that I wake up every morning excited about what I get to do, that, I, that what I'm going to do that day is going to have a tangible impact on the people who the organization is serving. Um, I think the other exciting piece is that, I mean, I'm in fundraising, you know, as well as marketing, but like um, people would think asking for money, that sounds awful, you know, but the way I see my role and what makes the, the best part of it is that I'm a liaison, kind of. I get to help connect people in the community. They have money or ta time, talent, resources, you know, to give, and I get to help connect them to um, a mission that is bigger than themselves. And so taking what they have to offer and connecting it with an organization that I'm working for, um, that's exciting. That's, to me, this opportunity to... Um, bring people together and to really make a, a scalable difference in our community. So that jazzes me. I think that's the easiest part of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, I've, I'm glad you said that because that's kind of what me and my guys talk about is that uh, the easy part of our job is, is the filmmaking. It's the getting up and being excited about what you're doing and who you're working with and mm -hmm. really enjoying and caring about the people you work with. The hard part's all the, you know, all the other stuff, mm -hmm. you know, the easy part's actually the doing of it, you know, and being excited about it. And I think we're lucky, aren't we? Aren't we lucky that we get to wake up and I wake up on Mondays and I'm ready to go. Absolutely. I mean, I'm ready to go Sunday night. Like I don't, I don't hate work. I don't hate email. I don't hate those things right, the way I used right. to. <laughs> That's why I came back from the corporate sector is because I wasn't excited about what I was doing. And nothing against people who do that. For me though, I knew that that wasn't what was going to ignite that passion inside of me to get out of bed and to go out and do what I know I can do best in the morning. So mm -hmm. you got to follow your heart there. And I think that does make it the easy part of this job. So, yeah, because I think if you have a hard time just getting up and going to that place that you work, that's going to make everything else that much harder. For sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, and then some, right. Um, well, what about like, uh, this idea of nonprofit organizations that have this part right, but that part wrong, or they, uh, they've really got funding figured out, but they're doing a really bad job explaining people who they are, or, they, or they're really great marketers maybe, but they, they're not, no money's coming in the door. You know what I mean? Do you mm -hmm. have an experience with, with that, with, um, with that idea of not having every cylinder firing at an organization? Yeah, I think, um Every organization I've been at, I think, is there's something that has room for improvement. And I think that's the most important part about having diverse voices at the table and having people with different experience Absolutely. and different skill sets that are, are coming to the table. You know, where I'm at now, um, we have two brilliant artistic you know, directors who are so skilled and so trained in um, theater and understanding that piece of it. I come 
with um, some reentry experience working for a reentry organization and a lot of fundraising and marketing experience. So both of them can have all cylinders firing, you know, for in the production space in, as they're working with these um, individuals and training them on how to be um, artists. I can't bring any of that to the table, but the reason that they brought me on is because they identified a need for someone with experience in fundraising and marketing and some administrative support. And so that willingness, I think, um, to bring different voices and talents to the table um, is what will make it successful. But there was a gap, you know, beforehand. I have been in organizations where there's a lot of money um, coming in, great ideas, but um, in the nonprofit space, it requires a different kind of strategy. There's volunteers who want to engage. There is um, stories that need to be told. There is the humanity that needs to be shared, you know, of the, the mission, the people that you're serving. Their story needs to get told. And um, when that's lacking, um, I don't think that an organization can be truly as effective um, in fulfilling their mission. Um, even if they may have, you know, the, the money, the, the... Yeah, the money in the world. Yeah, yeah. It, it just doesn't matter if you can't integrate um, some key components of what makes nonprofit nonprofit, you know, and community outreach is a, is a big part of that, so... Yeah, I like what you're saying because it reminds me of this, uh, this thing our friend Michael talks about, this idea of hell yes, hell no. And the idea there, at least with our world, is like, I don't want you to do this unless you're all in. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're like, I can't, I'm not the editor, Ryan. I really just want to shoot, or I don't want to. I, I'm, I'm nervous talking to the client. I just want to do this. Right. It's the same thing. Like, go and do what you're really good at and mm -hmm. really shine, versus having to do something that, like, if they asked you to come in and direct the play. Oh you, God. You think you'd be doing that? You know. <laughs> it would be a disaster <laughs> if that happened. But that's. I'm just so glad that you mentioned that because that's something that we talk about all the time, just in our little world with actual making films and kind of going about our business but it's always like there are things that I'll find that I'm not good at and mm -hmm. I'm like I just I'm struggling with this and ultimately I'm procrastinating right right and I hate that and I'll engage Alan or Michael or Jimmy or the people in our network and say do you know someone that can help me with this because I suck at this right right <laughs> and, and I'm procrastinating the days are going by and a client's expecting a result here and I'm just not the person to do that mm -hmm. so I'm so glad you mentioned that yeah it's that idea of team and it's that idea of um, people doing what they love in a, in a team, within mm -hmm. a team. And I think you have to identify all the different pieces that, like all of the different voices that need to be at that table and not diminish ones that you might not be as skilled in, you know, or as good at um, and identify those gaps and, and hire accordingly. Bring in prioritize resources accordingly also, not just putting resources behind what you're most passionate about, but really identifying the gaps and then um, being willing to, you know, bring people in who can provide those insights and that um, expertise, so. Well, we were talking earlier about uh, films that we've worked on together that get overlooked or only get seen once. It's the same kind of thing for what we do. It's like you don't want the prod, you don't want the video or the film that you create to not have any more shelf life, right? Right. Just like with your employees, or your team members, you don't want a team member to be underutilized if right. he or she really brings a lot to the table, but you're not you're not accessing, you're not tapping into that. Right. It's frustrating. So frustrating, and especially when a, a nonprofit, like from working with you, I know it's a big investment to, uh, in some 
for some leaders to invest in a marketing project like a film. Um, and so you want it to really be able to, to see the return on that investment. And it happens if you have the right people in place who know how to leverage those kinds of resources. And I think that's the hard part as a marketing person in nonprofit is you see the value, you understand the value, but it's sometimes at the bottom of the list for people who don't. Um, and so giving a platform and trusting um, the expertise of a marketing person um, to really know how to work with you, for example, and your team to get this film, this asset, um, to out in the community to really bring in money and to bring in new volunteers and new um, partners. But you have to have someone who knows how to do that too. So. Well, it's like the concept that we came up with a few years ago where I was just standing there at an event and I was watching people like, um, you know, the silent auction sign up for Cardinals tickets, right? And put your name there. And it's like, okay, well, I want to get $100 worth of Cardinal tickets, but, you know, the, the number is now up to three, four, five hundred dollars right. Like, oh, that's good because we're raising money. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm getting in return. I'm getting a night at the ballpark. Right. And I started to think about um, really cool films that I see kind of in the nonprofit space, but in the big space, like the big um, environmental agencies that engage North Face mm -hmm. or Patagonia or any really cool brands. And they actually sponsor the film, or they pay for the film, or they create the film. And it has like a co-ownership, right? Right, right. So I started bringing that to the St. Louis nonprofits I work with, and I was like, look, you don't have to pay for this video production. In fact, you probably shouldn't pay for the video production whatsoever. You should probably have your marketing dollars be focused on the other things that need to be done around the business. Mm -hmm. And we'll go and we'll find these great partners that want to have their name on that film, that want to say, we're co-owners of this really cool, you know, mental illness story, or we're co-owners in this really cool story about this, this young man or woman that came out of prison and rebuilt their lives. It's kind of like sharing the, sharing the content. So it's to a win-win really yeah. for, for both. It elevates the profile of the company, you know, in the community to really be um, attached to a nonprofit that's doing good work that everyone appreciates. Um, and then it's a win for the nonprofit who is benefiting from the dollars that went into that they didn't have to spend to get that film out there. So, and it just, I think, also deepens the relationships between the nonprofit and that company, um, opens up new doors, new conversations as well. So it really is a win-win. Well, and many times a, a company that has a partnership with a nonprofit will sponsor the cocktail hour. They, uh -huh. they will pay for a portion of whatever. But that's that idea of the cardinal ticket, right? So sometimes they're giving those dollars and they're getting a two by three <laughs> poster board that right. says this this event was sponsored by the Smith Corporation or whatever. Yep. And for me, I just feel like, why don't we give them something more tangible mm -hmm. than a two by three poster board that's gonna get thrown in the recycle bin <laughs> right. after the cocktail? It hour. lasts. Give them the, you know, give them the film, so. Right. That'll definitely be something we'll have to talk about in a future episode. Absolutely. Kind of the, the idea behind that, how that can work for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so what we're saying then is is having dedicated, you know, um, hardworking folks on our team, right? Um, but what about having the dollars to to do these things? We've talked about sponsorship a little bit. I mean, do you think that nonprofit organizations should? Um, have a bigger or better budget for marketing? Do you think they should be more creative with their budgets? Do you think they should have like 
budgets for Facebook boosts and things like that and say Facebook ads. I mean, what's your, because you're, you're, you know, you're going to be starting here with a new nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Are these the type of things you're thinking about right now? 100%. Um, I think, I, I worked for another organization actually that um, had grown substantially um, in the last, you know, 20 years. And um, when I came in, it was for a marketing role really, and there was no marketing budget. And so they had grown organically, but when they began to invest dollars into um, Facebook boosts and um, website updates and things like that, it was amazing how quickly people responded. And um, so I absolutely think that there needs to be um, an investment, but I do think we have a responsibility to be more creative with how we are Amen. leveraging that. I mean, you can have a um, invest and put like a, a video on your homepage, you know, but if you aren't leveraging that, that you are limiting the impact and the reach that that video can have. So as marketing professionals in this space, we have to get creative with how can we have a strategy for each asset, for each channel, for each, you know, is print media dead? I don't know, but let's sit down and figure out what the return is here and then maybe take those dollars from this where we're not seeing as much of an investment and let's put it into digital. Um, and I think the shift is moving that way, but it's hard and I'll, I'll tell you that from a grant standpoint, the number of times I have searched for marketing grants <laughs> for nonprofits, funders don't want to fund, they want to give their dollars to um, direct service. They want tangible um, services, you know, programming and things like that. And they are taking away from core mission support when they don't give general operating dollars that could be used for marketing or those kinds of things um, because the programs only grow when people know about them. <laughs> and so when you market your programs and your services, more people are likely to get, you know, get involved in, in that. And so it's just a challenge. Well, people will say to me all the time, I have a hard time talking about myself. I have a hard time talking about my business. I have a hard time talking about our school. And I just tell them straight up, I'm like, well, you got to get over that. Mm -hmm. Like, you just got to get over that because people have to hear about what's going on within these walls. Right. Or it's just, <laughs> it's your job just going to be that much harder. Right. And I, and people don't always like to hear that, but then they always can, you know, by the end of the conversation, there's a hug and a high five because they realize that we're trying to advocate for them. We're trying to say, you, you have to do this. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell people all the time, you don't actually have to hire us and spend money with us. Right. But for God's sake, do something. Right. You've got a smartphone, so let's let's have a conversation about DIY content. Right. Pick up your smartphone every Tuesday at 2 p.m. and give them the message from the water cooler or something. Like right. You don't. You actually don't have to spend a lot of money. You just have to create. Yep. We always say curate mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. You know, curate the exhibit so that people are interested in it. Well, I'll tell you. Um, for me personally, the Working with incarcerated individuals was a, not something that I immediately jumped at, but when I went to this prison performing arts show, I, I, my job required me to go to this event, and I saw the play in person, and it's all the way, it was all the way down in Vandalia, Missouri, an hour and a half probably away from St. Louis, and you have to go through this whole process of getting into the prison and stuff. Anyways, I saw it, my life was changed. But I came back and I told um, the board of directors at, at Prison Performing Arts, I said, most businessmen are not going to, most people with money are not going to hop on a, into their cars and drive to Vandalia, Missouri for a one o'clock matinee of 
but <laughs> that's where the impact happens. We have to create something in the interim that compels them, that grips their hearts, that makes them want to get down and go see that show that we know they will walk away from changed forever. We need a piece of marketing, digital marketing. I need to be able to go into a, a meeting with a corporate, you know, at a corporate, um, with a leadership team there and show them a three to four minute clip that encompasses everything that Prison Performing Arts does, that tells the stories of the men and women in these prisons that compels them in a way that they want to take the next step. And if we don't have a digital footprint, if we don't have assets that can easily be viewed and engaged with, um, they're never going to get there. So to me, it's it just critical. Remains a secret. It just remains a cool secret that right. only <clears throat> a few people know about. We know, and the yeah. same people will keep going to the shows over and over again and giving their you know, donations, which is, which is wonderful. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. why the organization's been around for almost 30 years. But if we want to grow and reach more prisons and get into you know, more places in, in Missouri and across the country, we have to you know, really yeah. get the word out there somehow. And that's why I like that word curate, because it's like, how do you curate a whole experience around that one play? Mm -hmm. Do you live stream it? Do you do <clears throat> thirty-second snippets of it that you you know trickle out on social? Like mm -hmm. I love I love looking at that problem, so to speak, and saying here's all the different ways to attack it, right? And and pare it down and share it with people. Mm -hmm. It comes very easy to us. Mm -hmm. And one thing our friend Michael always says is he's like, common sense is not always common practice. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I know these things because I live in this space. Right. It's always hard for me to get. <clears throat> clients to understand that right and really not to necessarily understand it but to value it absolutely you know because oftentimes people look at these things I'm saying it's like oh my god that's gonna be so expensive to do how are we gonna live stream the play or videotape the play you know yep and I'm just like there's always a way mm -hmm. and if you can't afford it here's a five dollar Amazon tripod for your smartphone right. it's a gift from us to you right. <laughs> Videotape it yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tell your story yourself. You've been great about that. And I know that you work with a lot of your partners, your nonprofit and school partners, to coach them through those kinds of um, strategies. The easy, simple, let's just start off this way and then see what happens. And then we'll move into the next step. Um, but Route 3 has been wonderful um, with every organization I've worked with you guys on about that. So it works. Yeah, but as you know, it's just hard to get people to say, okay, I will try this. I will actually use my own camera. Mm -hmm. And I always say, you know, the video gods are going to strike me down because in a lot of ways I'm turning down business, but I'm just trying to get people to understand the value of the process. Right. You know, like when they see people like, share, and comment on the video that they made with their phone. Absolutely. That's where I think that... that light bulb moment is for them buy-in and mm -hmm. they say okay there is some value here and, and and you know what else i created this video i didn't have to pay someone to create this video right so what's next mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so how much farther could we go yeah so well we need to wrap up here pretty soon i, I wanted to ask you just kind of like one last question or maybe one more thing to share um do you have like a really good story um, from a nonprofit, from your, your job, from your days in the trenches? Like, do you have a really good story that you like to share or use as a teaching tool or when you're mentoring a new person? Do you have any good stories like that? You know, I think, so I, I made a shift in my career. I've been a nonprofit for my, my whole career, but I made a shift from working for um, large national nonprofits, healthcare related, um, and then I went to work for Fontabella Maternity Home, um, a small 
local organization, but it was the, the women being served there was the first time that I really began to advocate for a marginalized population um, or a population that there was a stigma attached to, and it opened my heart in a different way. Um, and since I've been in this human services, smaller local um, field, you just begin to see people in a different way. I think that the people who need not a hand out, but a hand up more, more so, and my role in that um, is what really keeps me going every day. But one thing that just comes to mind is Aaron, you know, um, over at Concordance Academy. He was a participant in the program, and um, he came out of prison, and he went through Concordance's programming, and uh, then he went to go work for um, a local pizza chain here and um, was very successful. And his employers were, you know, talking well about him, and he's his employment, his stable employment, is helping him stay on the right path and, and stay out of prison. And um, his story was, we shared it, you know, at our annual gala. And um, he got up, actually, he was there and got to see people just gave him like three standing ovations, I think, as he was just sharing his simple story. And to see that how that empowered him um, was really, really neat and made me feel like we've given, you know, he has risen to the occasion and we've provided the tools and resources to be successful and I just saw actually the, the head of the, the um, restaurant business that he's working for and I said hey is, is Aaron still employed there and he said yeah he's still doing great great guy you know he's still here and that's what really keeps me focused is um, seeing how the impact that nonprofit professionals um, the, the blood the sweat the tears that you put into it it's changing lives. It really is, and I think that's what it comes down to. That's why we chose to be in this field. And from a marketing standpoint, like we put him on a video and people got to know him through that, but he was just representative of all of the other people being served by that organization. And it connected him with the community. They got to see something. But more importantly than anything else, um, the work that the organization was doing helped him to be successful. He's taking care of his family now. He is really stable and staying out of prison and um, those are the stories that kind of keep me going and when I tell when I coach you know some of the other girls that I've worked with it's like this is why we do what we do it's hard it's there's never enough money there's never enough time in the day there's never enough resources but people's lives are changed and that's a generational impact so that's yeah. the idea pretty much <laughs> well thank you so much for chatting with me today Thank Hopefully you. We get to do this again. You're yeah. our very first number, I mean, number one. I mean, maiden voyage. I feel right. pretty special. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been through definitely been through a, a couple of nonprofit marketing experiences. So we have we have much more to talk about Absolutely. in future episodes. So if people want to learn more about what you're doing now, can you tell them where to go? Yes, Prison Performing Arts. We have a Facebook page. You can find us there, um, and we are prisonartsstl.org. If you want to find us online, we have our annual bash coming up soon, but we also have a really, really exciting project in the works um, in January that I'd love to share more about with you another time. But follow us on Facebook, and uh, yeah. Perfect. Thank you, Shannon, for being here. Thank you. Appreciate it.